the thing that people miss about messaging and copy and marketing in general is that when you market or talk to everyone, nobody hears you. No. You are in a vacuum because everybody is like, oh, that's somebody else. Because it's so generic. Yes. And so off-putting that it gives off a bad vibe. Yes. And so instead, create an avatar. Write to your favorite client. Write to your mom. I don't freaking care who you write to. Write to write to the Jabberwocky. Whatever. Pick one thing, one person and write. <laughs> Welcome to Too Legitimate to Quit, instantly actionable small business strategies with a pop culture spin. I am your host, Annie P. Ruggles, and my guest today is the brilliant Brianna Gunn. Brianna Gunn is a messaging and funnel specialist working with business owners and entrepreneurs to create messaging and processes that inspire loyalty, momentum, and action that leverages trust, authenticity, and profitability. Brie uses her more than 20 years of experience with customer service and marketing to uncover the gaps in messaging that lead to lower conversions and plugs them through customized systems, structures, and processes that are bolstered by copy that converts. Brie, every single time you and I get to sit down together, we could just talk for hours and hours and hours. And today was no different, but we decided that we should finally hit record so that I can ask you, what do small business owners need to focus on this week? You know, honestly, I think that the the biggest thing they need to focus on is who their client is and how they can make their client shine. How they can make their client shine. Ooh, tell me more. Like, okay, we're super selfish creatures, right? Yeah. As humans. So- You wouldn't walk into Nordstrom and the salesperson's not going to be like, you know what I bought today? I bought perfume. <laughs> that would be the weirdest freaking conversation, wouldn't it? Uh, or like you go up to the perfume sample people and they're like, will you spray this perfume on me and then sniff me? Oh my God, right? Like, <laughs> it's like, it's beyond, like you hear people and I use this example too. Like it's, it's the whole person is like, hey, Annie, we just met. We should totally get married. Yeah. Like, it's weird. And it's, it is weird. It's so, it, you would not do it in normal everyday life yet online. We are so focused on, I made a hundred thousand dollars this month. I made this, Ugh. I did this. And it makes me want to throw up. I think you just broke my brain because I share that hatred so, so deeply that like I say all the time, I mean, I, I, I make fun of those posts in my posts and I'll be like, I made $97,000 sitting on the toilet for two minutes. Like I'm so over that stuff. Or my favorite, like I'm on vacation with my laptop and oh my camera. God. You're not Dude, on freaking vacation, you moron. If you're working, you're not on vacation. And also, we have brought this up many a time on this show, and I'm glad. I will bring this up until forever. Y'all, do not 
get sand in your laptop. It's a really, it's a very real concern. There is, okay, so we don't realize it. If there is even a gentle breeze, gentle breeze, like fluffy breeze that's like moving the palm trees and making sand floating around in the air that gets in your laptop that in that Apple computer that you paid $2,500 for is going to be ruined. Don't do it. There's also something called the ocean and a sea breeze that is quite damp. And salty. And salty. Laptops and beaches should not be friends. And yet, this idea is thrust upon us all the time. And also, to your previous point, if I am on a beach, then I'm either on vacation or I'm doing something very specific for work. There is no reason for me to be vacationing with my laptop. And if I need to work from an exotic location, that is what beautiful cafes and porches are for. Get away from the ocean, people. You can look at it, but do not get sand in that laptop. All right. That was the whole episode. No sand in laptops. You got it, everybody. Go have a good week. Right. Oh my God. But you're right. It's I never really thought of it the way that you just said it, but it makes total sense is those posts are all, look at me, look at me, look how shiny my life is, which makes total sense that people like you and me would be like, ew. Ew. It's just gross. I mean, it, it, it's sleazy and slimy and disgusting. And it, it reminds me of, and we've talked about this before you and I have, they haven't heard this yet, but they're about to, do you remember the Alice in Wonderland movie with the Jabberwocky? Yes. Think of that nasty, gross, drippy, slimy Ooh. Jabberwocky coming after you. Yeah. And I'm like, who wants that? Nobody. Like, it's not, it's not okay. It's, it's gross. It's nasty. And I've said before a billion times, I think people also forget when they're putting out those, I made $900,000 in an instant. I, you know, here's my three-year-old serving as my virtual assistant while I am on a beach, right? Whatever, all that junk. I think people also really get blindsided when they remember that their customers' customers are also seeing those ads. And so if I'm looking for genuine help in my business or in my life, if I'm looking for transformation in my business or my life, and I go on freaking Facebook, and in between the amazing fuzzy lobster slippers that they tried to get me to buy yesterday that I was damn close to buying, right underneath that, I see a self-purported helper saying, I made so much money and I didn't even lift a finger for my client and they got huge results and I charged them $22,000 a year, then that person's going to go, help doesn't exist. Help is a myth. This person's just trying to get my money and they're going to give up on the industry as a whole. And we're already seeing this, especially in the coaching industry. The reputation of the coaching industry is garbage. Maybe if we didn't have all of these freaking, I made $1,000 while I was asleep posts, people would take the industry a little bit more seriously, but we're not, we're not bragging in a bubble. This stuff has a further reach. You can also go on Godforsaken Facebook and see all of the ads that they put out so you can see how they're marketing. Yeah. So what do we do instead? How do we make the customer, how do we make the client, how do we make the prospect feel shiny? How do we in action show that it really is about them? So if you look at your marketing like it's a Christmas tree, okay? Because we're talking close to the holiday season. Halloween's over. 
if we look at our marketing like a Christmas tree, you have a bear tree. People are going to be like, that's a tree. Yep, that's a tree. They're not going to say that's a Christmas tree. You need to embellish it and put like decorations on it and make it pretty, right? Yep. So you can't just be like, this is the customer I'm looking for. You need to give them the baubles and the doodads so they recognize that that's who they are. It's it's shifting the conversation from all of the the all about me show, the like the very me centric show, like the the like the Truman Show, to getting outside that bubble and showing them what's possible and getting really really aware of how we talk to people and how we present the help that we provide because people buy solutions, yes, but they don't buy them if they don't understand what the solution solves. Oh yeah. We buy solutions to problems. We have to talk about the freaking problems. Right. And people are so like, like you said, the coaching industry is so broken right now, but it's, it's because these coaches think that by saying I made, I had a hundred thousand dollar month. I had a million dollar year. I made six figures. I did this. I did this. I, 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 the people that are watching this want to be that person, but they're not making it accessible. Instead, flip the conversation and talk about them. Say, yes, you could do this. Yes. You're struggling with this. If you're reading this and you feel like this, Shift the conversation. It shouldn't be about you. You are a catalyst. You are not the freaking main performance. It's like, like, have you seen Wicked? Of course I've seen Wicked. I used to work for Broadway in Chicago. I've seen it 13 times. The main character is not Glinda. No, the main character is not Glinda. The main character is Alphaba. Right. But right now with the way that the the coaches, I see coaches marketing and, and it's beyond coaches, it's course creators and things. They're... Glinda saying, look at me, look at me, I'm shiny and sparkly, look at me, when in reality, the thing is next to it. Yeah. And, but they're not actually addressing the problem. I mean, I love that too, because for anybody out there that's seen Wicked, we know that Glinda is experiencing real turmoil under the surface that she's not allowed to show or chooses not to show, bit of both. Mm-hmm. And, and so you know that it's a front. And, and the thing is, if your brand is a front, your folks can probably see right through that. Maybe the rest of the world can't, but folks that are really looking for the kind of value you provide are going to be able to smell that inauthenticity on you. And, and one of the, my favorite things that I used to do was I used to audit websites just you know, for sales language or marketing language or positioning or any of the things. And one of the things I would do is I would count the derivatives of me and I mm-hmm. and my versus you and yours and even we, right? Because we is both of us doing this together simultaneously in the same boat. And when you start really looking at how much of your story you're telling as you and not as storyteller, as you and not as guide, as you and not as strategist, then you're losing the listener. You're losing that prospect. I could not possibly agree more. It goes back to the Nordstrom example. You don't walk into a high-end store because let's face it, Nordstrom is bougie, Mm -hmm. but I love it. Oh yeah. And they make you feel like you're the only person in the store that day. Yeah. You go in because you're like, I need to get more foundation or I need to get a pair of socks for my dad, or I need this one thing. Or maybe you're like me and you're like, I just want to, I just want to smell the Nordstrom smell. 
and you go in there not expecting to spend $750, but you leave feeling really good about the fact that you spent $750 and feel and being excited about the new stuff you got because they made you feel like you were the only person in the room. Jackie Kennedy was great at that. There are so many stories about how she would talk to people and they would feel like there was no one else there. Mm-hmm. Dolly Parton does this too. Yep. It is a learned skill and it is one, if you are in sales, you cannot afford to, to miss this. No. And I think, I think I've given this example on the show before, but it absolutely bears repeating of that kind of centered focus. The author, David Sedaris, tells people during his live readings Um, the theme of the day is, and he'll give you some weird thing, like the theme of the day is what's your favorite fruit in the passion fruit family. Mm -hmm. And so, cause he knows that that like celebrity meet and greet gap is really awkward for both parties. So he gives you some weird prompt and sometimes it's yes, no. Like, have you ever been to Prague? Cause he's going to Prague and he just wants to know stuff about Prague. But he'll say like, if you don't know what to say to me, have you ever been to Prague? Or if you come up to the table, he'll just ask you something. So I went up and he and and he said, hey, are you Greek? And I said, no, I'm Italian. And he was eating. And also David Sedaris can put away plates of food. This tiny little man, I don't know where it goes. It's amazing. <laughs> it's, it's unbelievable. But he holds up this piece of focaccia and he's like, you want some bread? And I'm like, yes, of course. But what he did was he focused on every person individually. And the line was crazy long for this book signing. And what he did while he talked to you was rather than just write like best comma David Sedaris, what he did was he drew whatever he felt like doing or wrote whatever he felt like doing based on the conversation. And so I got a book signed for me. He drew flowers all over it. For my mom, I got a book signed for my mom. He made like be kind in bubble letters and put like hearts all over it. Like it's, but that is that way of showing you are not, take a deli number, stand in line, anonymous fan number 9,000. You are a person, you are interesting to me. And I appreciate that you're here lending me space and giving me attention. Yeah. And and I love that. And I think you're totally right that there are so many ways that we can hold space for people. What are some more? What are some ways that we can give that Jackie Kennedy effect to our prospects and to our clients? The easiest way is to write to one person. Yeah. Instead of trying to blanket the masses with your message, focus on one individual. Get hyper-focused. And it's the thing that people miss about messaging and copy and marketing in general is that when you market or talk to everyone, nobody hears you. No, you're in a vacuum because everybody is like, oh, that's somebody else because it's so generic. Yes. And so off putting that it gives off a bad vibe. Yes. And so instead create an avatar, write to your favorite client, write to your mom. I don't freaking care who you write to, write to, write to the Jabberwocky, whatever, pick one thing, one person and write. I actually have a, Hey, Hey, little squishy bird thing. That's my stress toy. That mm-hmm. when I get really stressed out, I squish him and he screams. It's great. <laughs> and he's who I write to because he sits in front of my desk and he's this like 12 inch tall bird that you can buy at Target. That, yep. you know, that's that's why I write my emails to is hey, hey. That's so awesome. Y'all don't know this, but Brie is a massive Disney freak. Massive. I might be a little bit, you know, just massive. a little bit. 
massive. <laughs> no, but I love that because also like my background originally was in theater and they teach you the same thing in voiceovers. Sing to someone, right? Like yeah. if I'm going to go, did you know that Kroger's is having a sale on steak? I need to say that to someone. I need to say that to my mom so that I'm going, hey, did you know that Kroger has a sale on steak? Which is how I would say that to my mom. I would not go, hey, Kroger has a sale on steak. Like, who am I talking to? I'm talking to no one. Right, because people are like, uh, this is weird and awkward. This is I don't weird. know if I'm supposed to, like, it's so hard nowadays to change the station. Yeah. Because we're bombarded with advertising everywhere, in our in our Facebook feeds, on Instagram, on radio, on TV, on Hulu, on everything. And the best advertising tells a story. I mean, those freaking Kleenex commercials, the Budweiser Clydesdales, like yep. you guys, I guarantee those people listening, you had an emotional response. Oh my God, I love that. Mm-hmm. Or, oh God, mm-hmm. those commercials, you had an emotional response and that's what we're looking for. That is what you want to create with your content is an emotional response. It's just like the Jack yes. I hated that thing. Like it gave me the heebie-jeebies. To clarify, y'all, we're talking about the 1990s, we think, live action Alice in Wonderland starring Carol Channing et al. Yeah, through the looking glass specifically because there through were through the looking glass because yes. it was Alice in Wonderland and then they and then they did through the looking and it, they both started out in her um, house and there was a chessboard. And in Alice in Wonderland, obviously she falls down the rabbit hole, but then the next one, and they were ABC, I think they were actually Disney. They were ABC family specials and Disney owns ABC. So yeah, um, there you go. Found a way to tie in Disney, didn't you? I should totally write them a letter and be like, could you please re-release this on DVD? And also put a trigger warning on that shit because the Jabberwocky is terrifying. He's disgusting and terrifying, but you can't look away. No, you can't. No, you can't because it's that strong, clear visceral, emotional response that feels embodied to you. You feel the little hairs on your neck stand up. You feel your spine straighten and your body contract. You feel all of those things. Like one thing is um, I'm not a big, huge Christmas person. Like I enjoy Christmas, but it's not like I'm like, whoa, Christmas. The second we hit November 1st, I have friends like that. Cool. Okay. No. But that's okay. That's okay. <laughs> but one of my very favorite commercials of all time, of all time, and this is me not being a super Christmas person, is the commercial where Santa comes down the chimney and sees the live action M&Ms. And, oh my God, I love that commercial. And he says, they do exist. And the M&Ms say he does exist. And then both parties faint. I, to me, the second I see that commercial, the second I see that commercial, whether it's taped on a Christmas story that I still have on VHS that I still watch, or if it's on that year, or if it just gets referenced by somebody, the very second I see that commercial, I go, ah, Christmas. Like I get into it because I love that so much. And so, but I think also they made that commercial specifically so that we would get that response. I talk about emotional manipulation all the time. Mm -hmm. That commercial is emotionally manipulative, but it's emotionally manipulative with my consent. Right. Right. Like I'm watching the commercial. Your copy should attract the right people and give them that feeling. And it should make the people that aren't your ideal client go. Yeah, it should repel them. Mm -hmm. It's okay to be repellent. You want to be repellent because do you really want to work with someone that you 
like dread, dread the conversation. No. Like who wants that? Nobody wants that. Nobody wants that. But so many people market like that's what they're looking for. Yeah. The one size fits all shapeshifter, chameleon, like. Right. Like, like Katie Heron, Katie Heron in Mean Girls. Like she's trying so hard to fit in with the popular kids that she changes her entire personality to fit in with a crowd she doesn't even like. That's true. Hey, so guess what, y'all? Big reveal. Today's <laughs> pop culture topic is not Frozen, Disney, <laughs> Moana, or Alice Through the Looking Glass. Today's pop culture topic is Mean Girls. That's right. But you're right. Katie had to do this, this shape-shifting routine to try to fit in and and understandably Mm -hmm. just like in business it's understandable katie's in a new school she's got this unusual background she doesn't think people are going to understand or accept her so she feels like she needs to put on this nice pleasant vanilla popular-ish front right right similarly in business we don't know if we're going to be too polarizing for people if they're going to understand what we're trying to do if we're going to attract haters is there such a thing as too polarizing no, I don't think so. I don't think so either. I think that that's a, I think that's a story we tell ourselves to make it okay to talk to the masses because we're uncomfortable having people not like what we have to say. Well, and to your previous point, I think part of the reason why I don't think you can be too polarizing is that in my own work, I have taken a veritable butt ton of work that was outside my lane for whatever reason. Maybe I felt like I financially had to. Maybe I just really wanted to help the person. Maybe I didn't understand that they weren't right for me. Oh yeah, I think we all do that. And then we regret it. And then we regret it. And that regret now is what leads me to say, heck yes, please be polarizing. Please be polarizing. One of the things that, I think the quote that I keep bringing up all the time was Cameron Esposito at the beginning of She Podcast said, if you drag a client through step one or a person through step one, you'll still be dragging them step 30. The reason I wound up having to drag people all together is I wasn't clear about the kind of clients that I partner with. And so I would get these people who would say, Annie, I want you to do 30% of the work. But what they would really mean is I want you to do 130% of the work. And I didn't have the fortitude, the discernment, the self-awareness, whatever it was at the time, the financial stability to be like, no, I think I'm going to wind up regretting taking this job. But now that I have taken all that regrettable work, I'm like, listen, if somebody comes to my website and they're like, oh, you are not for me, then that's great. But also they're not the only ones who gets to say that. I get to say, mm-hmm. right? And, and when I do get to say no, let's talk about saying no. When I do get to say no to someone, um, people like us feel bad about that, even though we know we should say no. So what are some of the ways that we can honor what is for us and what's not for us? What are some of the ways that we can discern and act on that? You know, one of my favorite things is having a Rolodex of like-minded, not necessarily the same minded, but similar path people who also do what I do so that I can say, you know, this isn't a great fit for me. Mm -hmm. But I have someone who might be a great fit for you. Heck yes. And you also need that just from a bandwidth standpoint, right? Like you and I have talked privately. So many people are afraid of competition. Yeah. 
I, I, I can't be. Number one, if anytime I find anybody that's non sleazy in the sales space, especially women and non-binary people in the sales space, no offense, dudes, but there's a lot of you. Anytime I find a nine sleazy person that I, that I am like, yes, yes. And I, I know who they are. I can say their names. It's Alicia Barr. It's Finka Jerkovic and it's Katrina Summers. I know who they are and they're top of mind because why? I just introduced them to each other in an email called Badass Bitches of Selling because there aren't that many of us. Those people are the most direct competitors I could possibly find if I believed in such a thing. Yeah. But I need them. Because Katrina teaches cold calls and I don't. Yep. Right. And and Finka works with teams on a huge way and I don't. So it's not even necessarily when they're not culturally a fit for me. You and I can both write a freaking amazing sales page. If somebody comes to me, a client that I love and trust, and I don't have the bandwidth to write their sales page, I'm sending them to you without a second thought because I know that you would care for them how I would. If I looked at right. you as a competitor... And I wouldn't have that. And that's even for jobs that I do want, let alone the ones that I don't. Well, and I think, I think we are so scared of quote competition. Cause I also think that that's a, I think it's a cop out. Yeah. I think calling someone competition is, is a scarcity, is, is, is a scarcity mindset. Yeah. And I, there's no space for that in my world. No, but I look at it like, like the trust fall scene mm-hmm. after everything's gone down <laughs> the burn book and everything else. Oh no. Right. Oh. And you're having that reaction because you know what happens. And yeah. all I, I hope to goodness that if you haven't watched Mean Girls, pause this, pause this. Oh, go watch it. And go watch it and come back because I'm going to spoil it for you. But, you know, everybody does trust falls and talks about what they are scared of or afraid of or admit and they fall and get caught. And you can tell the people that haven't built relationship because they fall on their freaking butt yeah. on the gym floor. on the gym floor in front of their school. Right. And we're not talking about like five people holding their arms out going, I'll catch you. This is an entire freaking class of students. It's yep. like a thousand kids. Yep. Yep. You know, it's, it's, I went to my high school reunion recently and, um, oh. yeah, it was, it was, it was okay. You're so brave. But the burnouts were still burnouts and the popular kids were still the popular kids. And I realized that I was friends with all of them. Yeah. Like we were looking for a table to sit down at. And I was like, I'm going to sit at my own table because I don't feel like I fit in anywhere. But I also felt like if I'd gone to sit at any other table, I would have been welcome. Yes. And by sitting at your own table, you create your own space for other folks who aren't sure where mm-hmm. to sit. And I, my table filled up in like 30 seconds. Of it was it insane. Did. Like, yeah. And it was, it was a really, it was an interesting night, but it was one of those things where I remembered why I hate high school and why, why, you know, that phase of life sucked and I wouldn't go back if you paid me. Mm-hmm. But I it also, you know, when people found out I was in sales, they were like, of course, of course you are. And I was like, why do you say that? And I'm like, cause you, you were the one that made everybody get along. Yeah. You were the bridge. You were the one that was the cheerleader and the band geek. You were the, the theater person and the straight A student. You were the bridge between these groups of people because you mm-hmm. refused to be buttonholed into just this thing. And as such, you don't learn how to chameleon into each, but you learn how to translate one to the other. And I right. love that. I freaking love that. And then, yeah, the, the opportunity to create your own space. 
for other folks who who don't know quite where they fit. And I think it's not everybody that's looking for change or transformation in some way. Isn't there right. all that little bit of imposter syndrome or doubt or fear or expectation or anticipation of like, do I really belong here? If you're great at creating those spaces, that's just going to make it even easier for people to feel supported by you, right? Well, and to go back to what we were originally saying about making your clients sparkle, at the end of the day, Regina George gets hit by, hit by a bus, yep. which is not the worst thing on the planet. No. And then she becomes prom queen and she has this shift. And I think that what we need to think about when we're creating sparkle for our clients is that it's not about being the prom queen. It's about taking the person who's uncomfortable in their own skin and helping them see that there's a bridge to being the person they want to be, regardless of what niche you're in. Because you're talking about internal transformation. You, Whether you're a coach, a consultant, a course creator, a doctor, a lawyer, I don't freaking care. You are helping people internally change who they are, mm-hmm. whether it's through, even if it's through an external piece, even if it's buying a car, it's part of their identity. Yeah. And you're helping them to bridge that gap between the person that they are right now and the person they want to be. And if we're not careful with that, that is a huge piece that needs, doesn't need, it requires trust. Yeah. And if we haven't built a good enough relationship with people and we do the thing and we, we walk into Nordstrom and we go, oh, hi, look at the perfume that I'm wearing today they're going to be gone because there's no trust there. There's no feeling of safety. There's no trust fall available. I mean, I got a mammogram in a Nordstrom. So clearly, really? yeah, which was wild. Like it's so. <laughs> That's the best story ever, I bet. I know. It's, I mean, and it was back like back by the women's restrooms. But when mm. they called to like confirm my appointment, they were like, do you know where to go? And I'm like, yeah, I think it's at the hospital. They're like, no, it's in the Nordstrom. And I was like, what the heck do you mean it's in the Nordstrom? Yep. You go into the Nordstrom. But here's the thing. If Nordstrom staff was horrible or abusive or pushy or nasty, pretty sure they would have found a different store to rent a women's suite in for mammograms. They wouldn't have put it, you know, in a hot topic. Like, Come on, right? So I mean, I, I love me some hot topic, but the people that work there are are they're a special bunch. They are not the first people I want to see after I get my titties squished. No, but like the, the think about one that's a brilliant marketing tactic for Nordstrom, especially if they put it back by the bras and the underwear. And- it is. It's it's in the underwear section, so you just leave and you feel like you deserve a little pampering, and bam. Look at all these pretty lacy things. Seven hundred and fifty dollars later, boom! <laughs> bye bye, Nordstrom. But, you know, I think also about that whole idea about like shiny and making it about you and how much money you made, like that just reeks of the mean girl's cool mom. I'm a cool mom. Oh my God. It's like, and I, I am a cool mom. I'm not a regular mom. I am a cool mom. However, I'm also the cool mom that will call my kids on their stuff. I'm the cool mom that when the school calls me and goes, um, so the principal, the vice principal, the counselor and the teacher have tried to wake up your son. Can you please come wake him up? I showed up at school in my slippers. Yep. Because you pull that garbage, I am going to embarrass the ever living yep. like bejesus out of you. Yep. And I'm standing there looking like a hot mess intentionally because all of his friends were like, "Oh gosh, this is Calvin's mom." And I'm like, "Get up." And the look on his face was the best mortification yep. I have ever seen. And has he done it again? Of course not. No. You can do this with your marketing. You can you can show up in your fuzzy slippers and 
embarrass the crap out of somebody and at the same time, show them the way that it could be different. Yeah. And embarrass them out of love, not out of mocking. Like, this is still your kid. You love him. Yeah, I adore him. He's awesome. He is one of the coolest creatures on the planet. Like, But he's not acting up to his caliber. Right. It's one of those, it's the internal transformation that everybody has to go through when they they buy your product or your program. Mm -hmm. They are raw and they are hurting and there is something vulnerable going on. And if you don't take care and show them, Hey, I see you in your, in the current state that you're in. Mm -hmm. And you know what? This bridge right here is going to get you to the state you want to be. They're going to go to the next person that makes them feel seen. It is okay to share embarrassing stories. It is okay to, to make them feel a little bit of pain. It is okay to call them on their stuff. It is not okay to shame them. Yeah, no. It is not okay to, and I see that happen time and time again. Like when, um, when Katie's actual friends who helped her decide to become part of the Mean Girls, yeah, um, she blows them off to hang out with the clique that she's supposed to be infiltrating and ruining, which isn't a great thing to be doing anyway. No, but you blow off the people that see you as you and appreciate you for who you are so that you can hang out with the popular kids and be a bunch of glossy nothing. Right. And, and vapid at that. Yeah. Because, ugh, ooh, vapid and plastic and honestly pointless. I mean, just pointless. Right. But that's what I see when I see all these coaches being like, look at me, look at me. I made a million dollars. Like, look at me, look at me. My brand is the exact same as every other brand on the entire internet because I don't want to show any vulnerability. Well, and the thing is, is I know coaches who've made millions, no, with no ads, with no income claims, which weirdly enough, did you hear, did you see the FTC sent out 1100 letters to, um, businesses who make, made income claims online and basically said, if you don't fix this, we're going to fine you $45,000. Hell yes. Awesome. That's amazing. I didn't know that. I welcome that in. I welcome in our new FTC overlords. I will see if I can find the article and send it to you. Oh my God. Let's chuck it in the show notes if you find it, because that sounds like great time. Yeah, basically, I mean, a lot of them were MLMs, not going to lie. Yeah. But there were other businesses and companies on there that were making income claims. And like, if you're listening and you're out there saying, I can help you make $10,000 a month, be very, very careful because- I have gone through that. I used to, um, I used to rep young living. I'm not anti MLM. Mm -hmm. I think that if that's the choice you want to make, then that's your choice. I choose not to participate. If you go into it, knowing what you're signing up for. Right. I, I participated for a while and I choose, I choose to no longer participate in MLM because I just don't believe in it. Mm -hmm. Nothing wrong with it. It's just not my thing anymore. But when I was involved in MLM, the FTC came down and said, you can't claim certain things about these oils. I spent over two years taking down blog posts, social media posts, like literally scrubbing my online presence. Is it really worth it? No, 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 it really is not. No, it's not. Just tell the freaking truth and stop making it so unnecessarily braggy. Solve the problem. You don't have to say that your essential oil creates world peace. Just say that it's going to create a calming environment in their home. The FTC will have no problem with that. It's the same with your business. Like you, you cannot guarantee that every single person who comes into your program is going to be a whopping success Yes, because 
there is just as much lift on their side as there is on your side, if not more. More, more. Yeah. They're the one that has to transform. We're the one that can guide, but we can't turn them. Like, I mean, the the weight loss industry is the perfect example of that. It's like, I have a really amazing food coach and she is brilliant. And I love her and I have learned a ton from her and her name is Laura folks and I adore her. And if you want an intro to a great food coach, y'all just let me know. But at the end of the day, if I get super stoned and decide I want to eat an entire Domino's pizza, can I go back and blame Laura for that behavior? Laura led me to understand that I am capable of better. Laura led me to more self-awareness. But what I stick in my mouth is my problem. Mm -hmm. Same exact thing. You and I work with somebody. I create a really amazing sales campaign for them. You write really beautiful copy for them. If they don't put them on the website or listen to what we do, is that on us? Some people think it is. But is it really? And that's the problem is, is if you are not transparent in your marketing, if you are not clear in how you speak about things, the waters get muddy. That's true. And you have to be really, really upfront with people when you walk into Nordstrom, you know the kind of experience you're going to have. Yeah. When you walk into Walmart, you know the kind of experience you're going to have. Yeah. When you walk into, <laughs> there's a shop that just opened down the street that is literally a 90s dream. It's like all the old Ninja Turtles and, oh, oh you would love it. It's awesome. Ninja Turtles, Rugrats stuff, oh. like old Barbies. So it's all vintage. Oh it's awesome. It's, from the, it's literally just the 80s and 90s. But their name, I couldn't tell you what it is because it doesn't connect with what they sell. What? Like they could have gone with 90s nostalgia, nostalgia, anything to, to, to describe that I, we sell vintage toys. Yes. Anything. Instead, it's called like the dragon's den. That doesn't make any sense. It makes no sense. And and because of this, they're, they opened a month ago and they're already in trouble. Because they're not targeting the right people with their advertising and their name. Right. And, and it's like, and it, it's, it goes back to, you know, the expectation of, I betting they didn't work with the marketer. No. I'm betting they didn't work with the copywriter. No. But when you create copy and you hand it off, there is the expectation that it'll be implemented yes. and you have to protect yourself and, and have very clear boundaries. Yes. And in your marketing, when you talk about being a copywriter, if you don't implement, don't talk about the implementation. Yeah. No, no. And don't, and don't, Know where the bar is ahead of time so that if you don't implement, you don't get guilted or sweet talked into implementing at the moment and thus take yourself out of your lane, like we talked about before. Like, if you don't implement, oh, so am I. If I'm targeting you, I'm also targeting (laughs) me. As I'm like, yeah, sure, I'll throw that in your WordPress. I do this shit too. Okay. We all do. But (laughs) now, at least, I know not that I need to not promise those things. And so if I do promise them, I know that I'm intentionally breaking my own rule. And, and I could say in this moment, is this a place where I want to intentionally break that rule? It's not just like, oh yeah, sure. I could do that throwaway thought. Right. Right. And it's, and it's one of those things where it's like, just because you can, doesn't mean you should. Oh, amen. Hallelujah. All day long. Amen. Hallelujah. I think that way about like kids, like you have kids. I don't have kids. I think kids are great. But just because I could have been pregnant every single day of my life since I was 14 years old, it's probably good that I don't have like 35 children. Yeah. 
I mean, that would be a little overwhelming. It would be a lot, right? But like, just because I could have been pregnant that whole time doesn't mean I should have been pregnant that whole time. And the same thing with business pregnancy. Just because you have the idea for 900,000 different products doesn't mean you should be honoring all of them simultaneously. To use your word, it will get muddy. Mm -hmm. All right. So a couple more questions for you. Number one, we can't talk about Mean Girls and not talk about the burn book. which is kind of the central character of the whole thing. So we're talking about showing up as you, not making bold, ridiculous claims, uh, letting people see who you are, not being a facsimile of someone else's brand. Uh, What do we say to people who are terrified of winding up in somebody else's burn book? Why are you scared of them? Why are you giving them that power over you? Like truly, I have worked with clients that I will deem, I I won't even speak their name. They they are forever and always will be known as Voldemort. Aha. Uh-huh. What you give power has an impact on you. So if you choose not to give people power, I mean, it's one thing to end up in someone's burn book and it's another thing to put yourself there. That's extremely true. You put yourself there with crappy action. If you wind up there, it's just because someone's being a bitch. Right. And it's so, and if they're going to be bitchy and put you in their burn book, like good fucking riddance, pardon my French. You're allowed to French um, all day. <laughs> Only with you. Only with me. Um, and, you know, it's one of those things where I look at it, like like I said, copy should repel. Yeah. You are not going to be best friends with everybody. I believe that relationships are like a tree. You have your roots. Those are the people that are going to be in your life for a very long time. They're your parents, your siblings, hopefully, your spouse, your best friend from childhood that you only talk to three times a year. Maybe that's just me. Um But those are your people. Those are the people that understand who you are. Those are your people. And then you have your branches that are stronger. And those are the, the, the friendships that you build in middle school and high school and college where some of them break off and some of them hang out. And then you have the leaves and 90% of the people you meet in your life are leaves. Yeah. They are not meant to be there long-term. They are not branches. They are leaves. Yeah. Oh, and you got to be okay with that. And I'm just, I'm loving that so much right now because we're in the fall and leaves are also falling, babe. Oh, it's snowing here. So leaves are Ew! Okay, Chicago, let's not listen to that idea for a little bit longer. But, you know, it's November now. We're only so. across the lake. So, you know, good luck with that. I know. But I love that people, 90% of the people in your life are leaves. Yeah. That is stunningly gorgeous. All right. As we've already mentioned, you and I can and do talk all day, every day. Thank goodness for that. And we, our friendship, newly formed but deep, yes, is a perfect example of what we're talking about in that you showed up 100% you. I showed up 100% me. Just so happens 100% Brie and 100% Annie are like, yes, this is what I want in my life. And we knew that instantaneously. Yeah, we're like, oh my God, when can I get to Chicago and see you? Yes, yes. And and but but we could not have gotten that impression of each other if we had shown up hiding. And I hope that this today, this episode, aw, also shows that like really amazing people come into your life when you don't hide. So even though the burn book is scary, the friendships are worth it, putting yourself out there in that way. You know what's really funny is I was in a podcast mixer yesterday and I had three people tell me I needed to meet you. That's hysterical. I was like, oh, we know each other. We're good friends. Thank you. We're biffs. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you so much. We're biffs. We've been friends for weeks. Um, And they were like, 
course you do. Of course you do. But then they know. I mean, like you, you brought up the queen, like you brought up 90s memorabilia. The queen of that is Liz Wilcox, who was just on the show. If I meet anybody that loves the 1990s, I'm going to be like, excuse me, you need to talk to Liz Wilcox. She will show up in a Simpsons sweatshirt. She is an encyclopedia because she's unashamed to just be full Liz. I love that. And when you show up like this in your marketing, the you're going to find the Breeze and the Annie's yep. for your brand because they're going to be like, they're going to be at a rock concert, literally hands in the air, screaming, jumping up and down because they found you. Yeah. Yes. And yes. Wouldn't you rather have have 10 of those than a million people who could, who could give a shit? Oh God, yes. A gajillion times because, but to your point, it really is about who are we giving a pow- the power to? Are we giving the power to the 10 or are we giving the power to the leaves? Oh freaking love that. Ah, I love that. All right. Two more questions. First one first. Hey, Gretchen Wieners, what is a word that is underused on the internet that you would really, really love to help make happen? Oh my God. What is your fetch, baby? A plum. It's funny. You used it earlier and I was like, I'm trying to bring it back and everybody looks at me like I'm crazy. All right. Well then spoiler, that's part of your homework everybody this week is we're all going to use the word aplomb with great aplomb. I love it. And uh, my other is if they're, if they're one of your 10 people and they are really looking for you, my beloved, I so recommend getting to know you. What is the best way for people to come into your world and see how you can serve them? You can find me on social media at the Brianna Gunn, or you can go to my website, briannagunn.com. And you can find me, you can find me on TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, anywhere there's, there's space. Oh, well, I just adore you. Thank you so much for being one of my true, real non-plastic friends. Of course. And for helping me dismantle this cult of I made a million dollars in a second. Brianna Gunn. Such an honor to have you here. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. This has been so much fun. Oh, good. That's what I aim for. Everybody else, I will be back in just a second with my final thought and your homework for the week. As I mentioned, it will probably include using the word aplomb. Well, hey there, listeners. Today, I just want to jump right into it. Your homework is to create your own burn book. No, not to cruelly mock folks, not to gossip, spread petty rumors, or tear other people down. No. Today, you are going to decide what types of people no longer get the loving privilege of being your client. It has been said and said and said and said again that if you try to serve everyone, you wind up serving no one. And the folks that don't deserve to be in your orbit just clutter the environment for the people who do, especially because they tend to be the loudest, most demanding, most distracting, and hardest to please. So today, I want you to incinerate your desire to serve people who take advantage of you, who demean you, devalue you, or make you feel inadequate. There is room at the table for criticism and clients, sure, may be dissatisfied from time to time, but you simply don't have the bandwidth for leeches, abusers, and excuse makers. So that's my mandated list. But I ask you sincerely and with utmost Muppet kindness, who else just doesn't deserve you? 
Who makes your life hard? It's not about blasting individual people. Look for patterns. What behaviors violate your boundaries? What tone or style is incompatible with your mental health? Who harshes your vibe? Remember, it's not about burning bridges or making a grand exit, middle fingers blazing. And it's certainly not about publicly shaming people or telling them off to make ourselves feel better. But it is about burning a line in the sand. This is what I'm willing to accept, and this is what I won't. Many of us fled corporate or menial jobs where we were being mistreated by our bosses. So let's not replace negative Nancys and micromanagers with high-maintenance Goldilocks freeloaders, okay? Think of all the incredible friends you can invite to sit at your table once you let the mean girls go. Hey, thanks for listening. Too Legitimate to Quit is brought to you by the Non-Sleazy Sales Academy and me, your host, Annie P. Ruggles. Listen, we talk a lot about marketing on this show, and that's because I fully, earnestly believe that every dime and every moment we spend marketing is totally worth it unless we turn around and sabotage ourselves at the finish by refusing to sell and sell beautifully. Why? A lot of us have a misconception of what selling actually requires of us or who it needs us to be. Please give me the opportunity to help change your mind at www.nonsleazy.com. That's N-O-N-S-L-E-A-Z-Y.com. Big shout out to the fabulous dudes who help make this show what it is. My producer and editor, Andrew Sims of Hypable Impact. My composer, Riley Herbastio and my show artist, Francois Vigneault. They're all fabulous, and I'd be glad to introduce you. Until next week, just do your best, and remember, you're too legitimate to quit.